Hey everybody and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray, joined by... I, I have internet, by the way. I don't sound like I'm at the bottom <laughs> of the ocean this week. Um, that was an adventure. Um, so, you'll be hearing this in a more timely manner, but I'm Gray. I'm joined by Josh. Josh, welcome. Hello. Ah, hello, good sire. Hello. Um, it's nice to be speaking in a normal way again. <laughs> It kind of it kind of doesn't even feel like Friday. Like it feels like Saturday. It me. does kind of feel if like Saturday. That's um, a Saturday feel to it. Like I feel like we're just now talking after a game, but there's been no game because it's a Friday. There, and we yeah. don't. It's a bit strange. I, I've I kicked back here watching the basketball tournament. I know you have. You've been having a nice, relaxing day. Yeah, I haven't so. watched a single game of that stupid tournament. I don't intend to watch a, a game, including the national championship game, unless Duke's in it. Um, even then, I'm such a fair weather Duke fan. <laughs> but see, but but I this comes after years of being a diehard. Like I've earned my Dukedom. Like I go all the way back to the days when Bobby Hurley played. Duke. Like, I was a fan of Duke when Bobby Hurley played there. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually wanted to visit the campus because I wanted to try and meet Bobby Hurley when I was a kid. Little did I know how stupid of an idea that was. <laughs> like, like you're at, like you're gonna run into Bobby Hurley on Duke's campus, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> whatever. But, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I, 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 I'm iron fisting. Yes. We're, well, we're going to interact, interrupt your nice, relaxing day off to, to talk about infuriating topics. Uh, so, um, let's, let's get right to it. Um, let's get right to the aggravation. Do you want to be aggravated first or should I be aggravated? Um, first? I can be aggravated a little bit later. I think, well, I, I want to see what points you have to make and then we'll get to my, the points that I have to make. Um, okay. But, um, Obviously, we're going to be talking about the Monaco debacle. debacle. Yeah, good. All right. We got the same word. Perfect. Um, uh, 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 City fell behind 2-0 in the first half after they decided apparently they didn't need to play out that first 45 minutes. Came with a didn't, even didn't even muster a shot yeah. on target. Didn't, Actually, didn't, didn't even muster, muster a, a shot yeah, off target. There were no shots off target either. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Sailed through a delightfully ignorant first 45 minutes. Came with an improved performance in the second half, which would have been hard not to do. Scored in the 71st minute to make it 2-1, which put them back ahead on aggregate. Only and for Kevin De Bruyne it. to give up a completely needless free kick. They failed to defend the set piece properly. Monaco score a third. City cannot respond. And City are out of the Champions League. So, um, before I get to the actual pointed questions that I want to bring up, I suppose that it, it would be prudent for me to... First, I'm going to give you the floor to rant a bit, and then I'm going to take the floor to rant a bit, and then we will actually get to the... Um, the we'll the, actually get to the, to the stuff we need yeah, to talk about. Because I feel like there are some things that both of us need to get off our chests after watching that game. So I'm going to turn it over to you first, and then I will take over when you're done, and then we will get to the um, actual more structured discussion of this. So have okay. at it. So what I want to address is the gentleman who is talking to me about Monaco being one of the best teams in Europe. Okay, scores a lot in Europe, 
and is the best team in Europe are not the same thing because countered in that is actually Europa League because it's still European play. Um, look, the, the highest scoring team is not always the best. And, and to put this a different way, if you use that logic, then the 2006 World Cup champion Italy is not the best team because they were by no means the highest scoring team in the World Cup. In fact, I don't even think they came close to being the highest scoring team in the World Cup. I think there were teams that got eliminated in the group play that put in more goals than they put in having won the damn thing. Um, that doesn't mean Monaco's not a solid team. Like, just because you're saying one doesn't mean you're saying the other. And it's important to make that distinction. Look, I, you don't have to crap on Monaco when you say they're not one of the best teams in Europe. They are not. Nobody in the world has ever said, God, you know, when I think about Europe's best, I'm thinking of Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, and Monaco. Like, in fact, no club except for Paris Saint-Germain is even mentioned in terms of Europe's elite, when the funny part is the only team to actually have done anything in Europe is actually Olympic Lyonnaise. So Monaco is most definitely not one of Europe's best, and they are definitely a team that when you spend over $200 million and you already have players making 200,000 pound a week on the squad, Monaco are a team City should beat. This is not up for discussion. If City want to reach the goals that they've laid out to the fans, Monaco are a team City need to beat. This is not up for discussion. This is not up for debate. This isn't even a topic we should entertain in a mild, like, high school debate. City should go through Monaco like Swiss cheese. And I understand that teams are going to run into problems. Look at Barca and what they had to do with PSG. I mean, nothing short of a miracle. I get it. They've upped their play this year in Ligue 1. Uh, but at the same time, they really haven't because it's still only one team getting out of the group of 16 stage. Um, look, PSG uh, don't feel as good this year either. Actually, they felt a lot better. I think I think they felt a lot better because they finally ditched Ibrahimovic, and I think Ibrahimovic really slowed down PSG. I think they're. I think addition by subtraction. Yeah. And I know he scored a lot of goals, but you know what? And, and, and that they're, they're having a hard time, but their style of play, they wanted to play up-tempo. Yeah. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean to like go off on a tangent, but if you have Ibrahimovic, he kind of demands to be the focal point of your entire attack, even when it would be prudent for that not to be the case. Right, right. Like United exactly. this year. Yeah, yep. They have... Anyway. All the pace in the world on the wings, and for some odd reason, they have to play through Ibrahimovic. And it makes you wonder if they'd still be in sixth if they weren't playing through him. Yeah. Anyway. But but I digress. Um, so here's where we're at with, with, with Monaco. Um, 
that was a crap performance from City, and I'm not going to listen to any 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 noise to the contrary. Um, the fact that they couldn't even muster a shot in the first half is evident to how poor they played. Um, what frustrates me even more is that Guardiola seems to have a hard time adapting. And I know it's sort of a, against the religion to call out Guardiola. You know, you don't do it. You don't, don't, don't take a shot at Pep. But look, man, Pep's as big a reason City lost that game as anyone. He sat there and did nothing, even tactically, in the first half. It wasn't until the second half when he dropped De Bruyne deeper, freeing up space for Silva up top, that City began to muster any sort of an attack and and actually got forward. And and for the most part, the second half ended up being a 1-1 draw. It's that pesky 2-0 first half that did City in. Um... So, uh, you know, Pep, Pep had this problem at Stoke, too, where he just kind of sat on his ass and, and didn't do anything about it when, well, frankly, the play dictated that a change needed to be made, and badly. Like, against Stoke, it was evident that there was no creativity. Somebody like Silva needed to come on. And... and Against uh, Monaco, it was evident that there were too many people in in one space. Like there just wasn't enough room for City to create. And and in in either case, Guardiola did nothing until it was too late. Now this isn't the, this is the same Pep Guardiola that's made a change before in 13 minutes because someone wasn't playing his style. Where is that Pep? That's the end of my rant. Okay. Just where is that pep? Okay. Um, there's a lot in there. Where is the hungry pep? There's some stuff in there that I want to get to, but I want to go with... Um, we, we, we talked briefly before we actually started recording this about... Um, about your, your, you mentioned recruitment and how if you need to spend this much money to bring in players in order to play well enough that you want to succeed in the Premier League or what have you, then you're not really adapting. You're just papering over the holes with money. Um, And I think there's something to be said for that. But I do want to discuss player recruitment um, because it became apparent to me watching that Monaco performance in the first half. Um, This kind of goes in with the first question with regards to um, whether Pep got the team selection wrong in the first place, which the argument you would make there was probably be you put take someone out for Yaya Tori, which, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with that later. But, um, Pep Guardiola and Man I have a feeling, BT Dub, that you and I are going to have the same opinion about putting Yaya in. Yes, because that's exactly what a team with the speed of Monica needed, was a gaping yeah, hole yeah. in midfield. I, I did not have a problem with Yaya being dropped for that game, um, to be blunt with you. It, what, but but what, I, what I do have a problem with is... Well, let, let, me, let me start here, because I'm going to be taking aim at, at Cheeky Bajirastein right now. Um... Name, namely the fact that I... Ooh, as, this should be interesting. As I look, as I sat down, and I, I, I look back now, as I sat, so you sit down even before the, uh, the, 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 the start of the game against Monaco, and even looking back on it now, 
this is what Man City started that game with. They started that game with a back four that consisted of three fullbacks over the age of 30. And the one center back that they had is 22 years old and still learning how to defend. That's that's what they that, that is what their back four was. And you know what the most damning thing is? I'm not sure what he could have done otherwise. I mean, you could put Otamendi in there, but Otamendi frequently defends like a 13-year-old playing FIFA, as we've discussed before. So I'm not sure how much better that is against a team like Monaco that already has the speed and the talent to stretch out that already that average at best, if not below average, back four and put, drag them all over the pitch. Otamendi would have been moved around like a chess piece had, they, had he been out there. So, you know, I look at that and I think, you know, there's other things he could have done, but I'm not sure they would have been better. Three fullbacks over the age of 30 and a 22-year-old center back. And then you move forward into the midfield. David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne are not central. I make a, I make a distinction between central midfielders and um, attacking midfielders. Um, you look at De Bruyne and Silva, they're going to be playing higher up the pitch. They are not really middle-of-the-park players. I think you can hide one of them there if you pair them with a solid uh, two, like a, a midfield three. And you can, I think you can put De Bruyne or Silva in a midfield three with two other actual midfielders. City started that game with one guy who I would consider an actual midfielder, and that was Fernandinho. And he was overrun immediately. Um, and, and, you know... Again, you can put Tori in there. I understand that criticism, but your other options are Fabian Delph. Really, uh, you know they. It was a game that desperately cried out for Ilkay Gundogan, but Gundogan's hurt. Um, so it, I sit here and look at the the construction of this squad and the fact that in the game, in the competition that Manchester City have said, this is our holy grail, this is the competition that we eventually want to win, it is the competition, it is we want to rule Europe, and to do that we want to win the Champions League. Pep Guardiola has been brought in with the remit of winning the Champions League. Khaldun Al-Mubarak has spoken on multiple occasions of the Champions League is where we want to keep, you know, advancing, prog- pro- pro- progressing, moving forward as a club. Can I can I ask you a question that 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 sort of it, it sure. plays into what you're talking about? And it, it was inspired by a tweet by Rafael Hernandez, who, as we all know, has some experience with with uh, with Pep Guardiola from La Liga. Sure. Uh, and, and he had tweeted during the game that this wasn't a three-year project. Like this, I, this I is this this is beyond a three-year project. Is, no. is that in line I with saw, your assessment? I saw that tweet, and I agree with that. But here's here's the point that I wanted to sort of get to. That is, and I completely take into into account your point about the fact that City shouldn't need to spend. 200 million pounds again to make this a team that's capable of winning the Premier League or, or what have you. I understand that completely. I'm not disagreeing with you. But for those who didn't hear it, yeah, you should you should say that now before I continue. Okay, so, so basically what I said was this. I said that Pep Guardiola, I think there's some truth in the fact that Pep Guardiola has struggled to adapt to the Premier League. And 
given that there was likely a, a briefing from Manchester City, um, and which you'll get to oh, later on. We're getting on. to that. We're getting <laughs> to that. so much to but, get but to on this there's, Yeah, really. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and given all that, you can tell that 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 if, if City one part of that briefing was that there's going to be as many as seven new players brought in. So you figure <laughs> at the minimum, City are looking at shelling out another two hundred. The figure that was listed was they're going to break their net spend from last summer. Which was around 175 million pounds. Okay, so they're going to easily clear 200 million this year. Um, so my point was this: if you spend 200 million dollars, if if you 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 are not adapting to the Premier League if you've spent 400 million pound in two years. All you're doing are buying players who have adapted to the Premier League. So, and I understand that part of City's problem is that they don't have the players. Look, I get that. But they sh- they do have the players to be better than they are. And that's part of the problem. If you look where City are dropping points, City had a chance against Stoke. And I know that City have never beaten Stoke in this, twice in the same calendar year since, like, what, 1974? I actually, I, I think that's the actual date. Um, so I, 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 I know that it's one of those things that, you know, can they do it? It's, there's a reason it's, it's hard to beat Stoke, but city have the city have the personnel to do it and they should. And that's all, that's all I'm trying to say by that in the premier league, there are dropped points against teams that city should not be losing to. Agreed. But let, let me get myself back on track because I think you're. Yeah, sorry. Think, no, it's fine. I wanted you to say that because I keep referencing it, and it's not really fair for me to keep referencing it without you saying it. But um, the the point that I was going towards is that um, Manchester City were not ready for Pep Guardiola, and let me explain what I mean by that. This the Manchester City have been recruiting Pep Guardiola. How long? Since Mancini was manager, 2012, basically going back 2012. That's what the that's what the actual statement said. They have when admitted they... it themselves. Yes, yeah. this is not me projecting. They have admitted this themselves from the from back when he left Barcelona. They were he was number one on their wish list, and they were trying to to get him. He turned them down for Bayern Munich the first time, and then they got him. But if if you believe certain sources, they pretty much knew he was coming as much as a year in advance um, before the transfer window that preceded Pellegrini's final year in charge. And you figure with as often as Bajiristein talked to Guardiola before that, they they probably had an inkling, you know, I'm not saying it was ever a done deal, but there was probably some knowledge as to Guardiola's thinking going forward after his first contract with Bayern Munich expired. Are you talking about not just what he wanted to do as in as in what his well, own personal remit was, but also the pl- the personnel? Correct. 
Okay. Here's, here's where here's here's where I here's here's my 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 thinking on Manchester City's player recruitment dating back to frankly when he took charge, Bajirastein. I'm talking about here. Um, if you look at that 12-13 team, I think City's attack overall is better than it was at that time. Now that you you've you've loaded it with they have Aguero and they have Sterling and they have Sané and they have De Bruyne and they have Silva. I think it's a very obviously. Um, I don't dispute the talent there, but. Let, let, let me isolate the striker position here. Um, when Chiki Bajerestein took over at Manchester City, they had under contract Sergio Aguero, Carlos Tevez, Edin Dzeko, and Mario Balotelli as a strike force. At the end of last season, Manchester City's strike force consisted of Sergio Aguero, um, a 19-year-old in Kalechi Ihinacho, and a guy in Wilfred Bonney who could not even get, who cannot even get into Stoke's team right now. Um, that is a rather remarkable erosion of talent. And let me go back to, to beyond the attack, because I think, I, I don't think we dispute that they have, the attack is really good and they can, you know, they can go with a number of teams in Europe. Not, not quite the best teams, I don't think, which, you know, maybe that's an indictment itself. But let's talk about the midfield. And, I, and when I say midfield, I, don't, I, I, I leave De Bruyne and Silva out of this because, again, I consider them sort of part of the, the forward four or five players that I don't really consider, you know, central. To be midfield. fair, to be fair, they did buy him into one. Oh, I know. I know. Gonna, never mind. Never that. mind. Let me shut no, up. Let me shut up. No, no, no. No, I, I know. I know. And I take that into account. And I, again, you know, we've talked about that before. I still think your point stands that in player development, you was, wouldn't have relied solely on a, on a midfielder with a injury history of the, Gundogan. The Manchester City's midfielder right, midfield right now. You know, Gundogan, okay. Thank, thank you for trying. I approve that they tried. But even if you have a fit and healthy Elkai Gundogan right now, there is no depth at that position. Fernandinho is great. I do not dispute that that has been one of Bajiristein's greatest successes in terms of purchasing players. But it's 2017, and we are still talking about Yaya Torre at age 33, and I would argue a pretty old 33, if I can be blunt, because he's had to run a lot. Um, that's... Still and being... you can even see that it was starting to catch up with him in, in, in the last game. You could see that even the minimal use that Guardiola had put on him was beginning to catch up with him. He looked a little slow in his last outing. He had his that, that imperious campaign in 13-14, then came Birthday Cake Gate, and then came two <laughs> seasons that just weren't very good. Um. And yet, here we are. Usually usually what most people would call a trend, right? Correct. And yet, here we are in 2017, still reliant on Yaya Torre. Fabian Delph, not good enough. Um, that, you know, he's I, I, he's not James Milner. And I, I'm not saying, I'm not going to sit here and say that what City need is James Milner. You know, I'm not going to sit here. And, but it's, it is surprising. But James Milner was a better much... player than Fabian Delph. Yeah! Isn't it that is surprising? A, a I didn't better, realize how much better of a player James yeah. Milner was. James Milner, you know, Milner's never going to be the best player in a team, but he was a nice guy to have around because you could sort of plug him in anywhere and not really worry about it being a problem, if that makes sense. Um, you can't do that with Fabian Delph beyond the injury, seriously. And then you go further back to the defense. 
And I know that they have made several attempts to rectify this position. They spent a lot of money on Mangala. They spent a lot of money on Otamendi. And they could not, at, at the start of Bajira Stein's tenure, no, you could not have predicted that within five years, Vincent Company would no longer be able to play football consistently at this level because his body has broken down on him. I do not blame him for that uh, because, you know, again, you couldn't have known that. But we're still sitting here with the same four fullbacks that were on the roster when Cheeky Bagheristein took over. Now, the three fullbacks and Bakri Sanya, who's like 34. And I, that boggles my mind. And I know that I've ranted about this before. And then you have the center back pairing that has nothing. There's nothing there beyond John Stones, who is still, like I said earlier, developing... Um, and learning. How he's to... so he's so green right he's now, raw, man. He's very raw, and you can tell that no one at Everton ever really tried to teach him how to defend. No, nah, no. Nah. Um, so I didn't realize how raw this kid was, admittedly, because I didn't watch a lot of Everton. But in seeing him with City, it has become grossly apparent how much work Guardiola needs to do with him, but at the same time, he has to rely on him. And I like, don't, I don't mean to throw, too. yeah, I'm not here to throw John Stones under the bus. I don't think it was a bad signing. I think there's just a lot of work to do there. And I think John Stones could play in a defense where there was an established, you know, a leader back there. There is no leader in City's back four at any point. Um, and, and, and... That, to me, you know, you look under Mancini. I know part of that was the system that Mancini played. He played much more, you know, defensively. He's, he's Italian, you know. That's how it goes. So, obviously, the defending was going to be better under Mancini than it was under, you know, a Pellegrini, who just doesn't bother with it, really. Um, but uh, I understand that some players look worse now than they did then. But part of that is age. Part of that is the system. But really... The fact that we're still talking about the same three of the four fullbacks and another one who, you know, is definitely in the heading toward the twilight of his career, you know, I, how are we still here? It, 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 and it's just, I think that they have had several transfer windows. You know, it's not just one. It's not just two. They've had multiple transfer windows to address the flaws in this squad Several of them with the knowledge that Pep Guardiola is going to be managing this team. And we don't have the players. Why not? You know, you should know if it's coming. You know, you should be looking for players who are going to be much more suited in style. And, you know, it goes in, he doesn't have the players. No, he doesn't. That's not the, that's not the only excuse. But he doesn't have the players because Cheeky Bajerestein's been sitting around for years and years and years not buying those players. And it's, it reminds me, this is for a reference for the Americans who listen to us, who will know exactly, particularly if you're NFL fans, who will know exactly what I'm referring to here. I care if you live in the Detroit area. Yeah, it reminds me of Matt Millen. Because, and I, that's really harsh, because I, I think that, I, I don't think he's as bad as Matt Millen. I don't really think anyone is as bad as Matt Millen. But I don't know, if you remember, Matt, Mike Millen, Matt Millen's drafts, when they happen, like the the first guessing that, you know, they do the insta-draft grades and stuff like that, Matt Millen's drafts actually usually graded out pretty well. Um, because, you know, everyone's like, oh, talent, you know, talent, pick talent, you get talent, and blah, 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 blah. Um, 
despite the fact that, you know, three wide receivers in three years or what have you, um, you know, just, oh, talent, pick, you know, pick up talent. It feels like Big Aristine's transfer windows have gotten pretty good reviews because people see, like last summer, they signed uh, De Bruyne and Sterling. And I was like, oh, look, talent. Okay, good transfer window, everybody. Despite the fact that they didn't address any, you know, those are great signings. and I'm glad they made them, but they also didn't address midfield or they tried to address defense with Otamendi, but he's proven to be not as good as they clearly thought he was. Um, well, let's 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 hold on a second. If you're gonna if you're gonna rank on the Gearstein, then then let me throw in my two cents. They didn't me. sign Otamendi. They broke another trans. Otamendi and Mangala are the two highest amounts ever paid for a defender outside of David Luiz. Correct. I yeah and. And that's why I wonder, like, who is doing the who's to, who's doing the talent scouting over there? Like, I I don't I honestly don't I know they obviously they have a staff of scouts that that's going around, but their targeting of their players has more or less been woefully wrong, and you know it's which is unnerving considering what we know their scouting department to be. Right. Like they've run an article on the scouting department and how it's a staff of over 3000 people right. and they have proprietary software that feeds information to every club within the organization so that they can <laughs> scout. Like how can you have all that and still be this wrong? Right. So I, I, I look at this team and I look at it as constructed. I look at what they had to send out for the biggest game of their season so far. Three fullbacks over 30 and a 22-year-old defender. And one midfielder who's over 30 as well. And their other midfield option is also over 30. And you know that Guardiola loves midfielders and has said, I would play with 11 midfielders if I could. You know this to be true. You know it better than anyone else. You've worked with the man. you played with the man. You've known the man for over a decade. And still, you have no midfielders. And still, you have no, no defenders who can play on the ball. Don't give me that nonsense about Kolarov being able to play on the ball. He likes to play on the ball. He has a good left foot. But this is not a center back. He's a makeshift center back who can do it against lesser teams, mm -hmm. but he's not going to be able to do it against Monaco. And then he comes out here after he says, oh, I think we were the better team. Yeah, you were. Why didn't you play like it? It reminds me, you know, as well as anyone else knowing is tuned in as, as to USC football. It's like Matt Leinart after the Rose Bowl coming out. Jesus here. Christ. We were I the hated better that. We were the better team, you know. No, like, clearly you weren't. Clearly you weren't. Not over the two legs you weren't. You should have been. Why weren't you? You tell me. You know, it's like, shut up. I don't want to hear it right now. You lost because you sucked for the second leg, particularly yeah. for the first I don't know. I know that's going to upset some fans, but there's really no way to rate that performance other than it sucked. In the minutes is about the sucked. worst I've seen this team play all season. And, and it's not just us that said that. I mean, yeah. there were people who've watched City for years who've said, I don't know if I've ever seen a worse 45 minutes. Like... You know, yeah, we said before our, our podcast with Richard Burns, we said they have to go in and they have to, you know, they have to at least try to attack. I mean, that doesn't mean that you're stupid about it, but you have to, 
Not only did they not, they picked an attacking lineup that didn't attack, which is amazing to me. And I just, I, I don't know, you know, let's, let's use this to segue into this because I don't know if it's Pep getting it wrong tactically or the team selection. I know I kind of alluded to that. Uh, how we explain how, what happened in that first 45 minutes. Is it the players? Because, you know, I saw a lot of people on Twitter being like, they're not even trying. And I'm like, oh, well, I mean, you can work and still get outworked. And I think that's what was happening. They were just second to everything. They weren't working hard enough. And there, there were guys in midfield like Fernandinho would get the ball. This is the definition of Monica wanted it more. Yeah. They, you know, you get Fernandinho with the ball in midfield and there's no one around him. And he's just getting swarmed by Monaco players and giving the ball away in dangerous positions. And it's just like, well, what are you doing? I hate that, that. I hate that, though. Is it a giveaway when you're surrounded by players because there's no teammates around you for you to pass the ball to when the system is designed for there to be a triangle around every player? Like, Fernandinho didn't give the ball away. He got it taken off of him because yeah. other people weren't, as Bill Belichick says, doing their job. And I'm sitting here, like, I, I had to honestly get off Twitter after that game because there was so much knee-jerking. I, I like seeing people like, Fernandinho, you need to go. And I'm like, watching. shut up. I had to quit watching the game. It's nonsense. Was, it was no. So you know, you cannot throw out the accomplishments of some of these players over one game, but at the same time, you can question what the hell they were doing out there um if that talking sense. about that stupid tweet that had fernandinho gotta go yeah well, yeah I, I that just, was that I was one of the dumbest tweets I i've seen i can't i think I, I you can't, know what Steven. i think that was a reactionary tweet i think so i think, I think, I think that's again he'd remove I, I, her. I, 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 i'm not i'm not naming names for a reason because i don't want to be that guy but yeah, I yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. But I think that some people, and I've been guilty of this in the past. When you go to, get on after a loss like that, uh, a performance I'm, like I'm that, king, I'm king of it. Yeah, uh, you get you get on after a performance like that, and your first instinct is just to slate everyone, no matter what they've done in the past or what they will do in the future. You just sit there and go, you're not, you weren't good enough tonight, so you're not good enough at all. And it's, it's a snap reaction, and I don't. I don't mean to, like, sit here and, like, throw people under the bus for, 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 for their snap reactions, but, I mean, I'm I, sometimes I see things that I just can't go without commenting on, and that was kind of one of them. Um, it, it, you know, there's the same the same accounts that have been, like, slagging off Raheem Sterling or what have you for, for years now. Every time he has a bad game, it's like you're not, you know, it, it's... Stuff like that frustrates me, and I don't like to let it go without commenting on it. While I also understand that this is a very visceral sport, like you get very emotionally invested in how these performances are, and sometimes logic and rationality can just sort of fly out the window in a few moments after a game like that. So I don't mean to be, you know, like that guy who's going to sit here and be like, that is the worst take I've ever heard, and you deserve to be shamed for all eternity by name forevermore. I'm no, not going to do Clay that. Travis and Jason Whitlock will yeah, those forever, do, and Duncan but, Castles will but, forever but, own the worst takes. But, you know, I think there were some visceral reactions on the uh, uh, during and after the game. They're just like, they don't, they're not trying at all. And I don't think they weren't trying at all. I think that the Monaco was trying more. I guess that's where I come down on it. But, you know, 
the the players were not up to standard, and the tactics, you know, we. Said, I don't know that they were really trying in the first half. Yeah, I, I, I would be listen, I would be willing to listen to the argument, um, but um, if they were trying, then man, we've got a lot of work to do. That's that's all that's, I would they say. Had the truth. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind if we signed half that Monaco team up this summer. I, I like, you know what though, and that's the thing. Like half those guys, like Mape. That's a guy City tried to. That sh- City, like for all intents and purposes, that dude should be our secondary striker. Like right now, he would probably be taking Sergio Aguero's place. Can we sign Dybala from Juventus? That's uh, I mean, if we're being stupid, and I, I, I'm not, I'm not, not, not stupid, but you know, there's if, a we're talking, if we're throwing out names, the there's a question at the end that. of the podcast that we're going to get to. Um, that is, uh, if you could sign one player, who would it be and why? So I'll save it for that, but yeah. Um, you know, watching Monaco, I'm like, okay, Fabinho, Mbappe, Lamar, Bernardo Silva, you can, um, what was the other guys whose name escapes me who was just flinging cross after cross and defending really well too? I'm like, five or six guys, I'm like, okay, you can come. (laughs) And it's, it's, I, I guess, I just... And I think that Guardiola, as we referred to, he there are some games where I think Silva and De Bruyne just occupy the same space and they get in each other's way, and this was one of them. Um, especially without a second, you know, a, a second body in midfield, like the central deeper midfield, to to sort of try try to seize control of the game. They didn't have that. Fernandinho was just getting overrun from the first minute. So yeah. There were, I think that was a tactical mistake that was rectified in the second half, but I don't know why it took too long. And why did he leave two subs? He had two subs that he didn't use, and I don't mm. know why. Um, but that's, you know... I, I because don't... Guardiola probably sensed that the game was beyond City at yeah, that I, I, I guess it's the question of who you bring on. I, 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 the, depth of, the lack of depth in the squad just is kind of remarkable to me. Yeah, I think Guardiola looks at it and goes, there's really nobody for me to bring on that's going to do anything. Yeah. So I think Guardiola is, you know... I, I, I want to make clear... And that, Ian Nacho had some chances. Yeah, they had several chances in the second half, actually, even before the, the first goal went in to really make a dent in that scoreline. Aguero had a couple, and uh, Sterling just had the keeper one-on-one and didn't shoot. He tried to tee up Aguero, which was the wrong thing to do. Um, I know we've talked before about Sterling sort of still learning what to do and how sometimes he's... You know, Silva also has had 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 opportunities in that, I think, either that or the Stoke game, and he opted to look to pass. Yeah. There's a line between unselfish and too unselfish, and the team crosses it sometimes. And you, you look at Sterling with that one-on-one opportunity, or just sitting there going, shoot! And he tries to tee up Aguero, but when he tries, it's too late. Aguero's already lost the space he had, and it's, it, it was frustrating, is to say the very least, to watch that game. Because I think that, you know, I, the second half performance, if you isolate it, if they play that way over both halves, I think they go through. Which is again, makes it even more annoying because it's like, where was this? Why can't you do this all the time? I don't think we're asking too much there. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get an argument from me. 
Yeah. I, if, that's, I, if that's what you were waiting for, it's not, no, it, it, there's no, no, no argument. Not, not argument. I was just, you know, if you play that second half, even with the goal they gave up, which was, you know, really <laughs> stupid. A really stupid preventable set piece. Set pieces seem to be their bane. Yeah, and it's like Kolarov not... There's no height on this team, and I think that's the problem. It's not that set pieces are their bane. It's that they're not equipped to deal with them. If you take Toure and Stones out of the lineup, you've got dick for height. Yeah, I mean, you have Kolarov was the guy who was covering the runner who ultimately scored. Um, which isn't yeah. going to work out because... Obviously, he can't play center back. Yeah, it's, it's a makeshift thing. So, I mean, if you don't have any further thoughts on this, it's just so frustrating to me. And I, no, I, I think, really honestly don't want to yeah, talk about I, Monaco just, much. I sit either. here and I... I I'm I cool want, moving on. Yeah, I, I make clear that I still have faith in several of the Excuse players. Me. And I still have faith in Guardiola as the manager. And, and I think that... Yeah, I, I, I want to make it. I want to make it clear that yeah. when I said there is no better manager for Manchester adapting City. to the yeah. Premier League. Look, man, he should. There's a reason people call this the toughest league in all of Europe. Look, look, it's not necessarily the best league, but it's the hardest to win. You know, I read a really interesting tweet storm this morning from Sam Lee on um, on Twitter, and he, he roughly said, I'm going to paraphrase him here. I, he, he, I'm going to paraphrase him here, but roughly he said that he thought City could have won the league had they kept it simple all year. Um, and, and Because they're, the last couple months, I mean, I know they've had their games, but roughly since mid-January. That's what I mean by Guardiola's yeah. that- Having had they're, trouble, like he's overcomplicated shit for this form, team. Yeah, their their form has been you know good enough to be closer to Chelsea than you know they the, those two months where they played really poorly cost them dearly. Um, uh, his reasoning being that he he thought they you know they're sacrificing short term success for longer term like better the sort of football that he wants to play. I'm not sure, because it's sort of watered down yeah, Guardiola I, football right now. I don't I'm not actually, sure I'm with that. Yeah, because the, the team that's... Look, if you subscribe to that argument, then you also subscribe to the theory that the players playing are going to be here to play that way. They're not. So it makes no sense to sacrifice short-term gain for, for long-term football. Because at best, you're training what? How many players on that pitch are you really training to play your way? John Stones? Yeah, Stones and the attackers, basically. Yeah, that's it. Fernandinho was probably safe. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but, yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, that's coming up next. Um, do, do you think that City have progressed this year? No, I think okay. they've regressed. I think okay. they've regressed in every conceivable category. I actually think Manuel Pellegrini did a better job last year than Guardiola's done this year. That doesn't mean I think Manuel Pellegrini is a better coach. That means I think he had a better season. And I know that they dipped in form and had to pull it out their ass at the end and still only finish fourth place. But I just think that you knew what you were going to get out of City. That's fair. I think that they're more... uh, I I think they're more inconsistent, but they're Mm -hmm. better... 
moments are better than anything they served up last year. Oh, yeah, sense? okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about their moments. I don't I don't know. I don't really know how to characterize it cuz I don't yeah, think there's no I don't way in think... hell their moments of pure class would have happened under yeah, like I, those 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 15 pass goals not happening under Yeah. Like the last month, the the period leading between the Everton game where they lost 4-0 and the Stoke game where they sort of ver- reverted back to early season form. I don't think they could have produced that under Pellegrini. At the same time, um, you look at the early season, the the form where they lost all those games back in December, and I think, you know, even a, a city's baseline last year was less bad than that, I guess. Because, um, you know, the, the, the last second loss is in the profligacy in front of goal. So I understand your point. I think, I, I kind of think it's a complicated answer because I think their better moments have been way better but their worst moments have been way worse, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally, it totally makes sense. Um, I, I agree with you. When you when you see Guardiola ball, as as some people call it, you 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 see what City are trying to be. I don't think they have the players to do it. I do think they will get way more players this year. I think that they realize they need a starting, at least a starting 10 or 9. I think they can deal with a couple players who are middle class, you know, like two at the most, but you need to have at least nine players who are world-class or capable Remember of. when Pellegrini promised two world-class players each position? Yeah. Boy, what happened there? Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's actually get on to, uh, to, 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 uh, what, well, I, the way I put it was that someone from City clearly briefed the media yesterday because nearly the same, um, in, the same identical stories appeared in Let's see, it was The Guardian, The Telegraph, The Sun, The Mirror, and The Mail. And including the like the reporters who are well in tune, like Martin um, Martin Blackburn at The Sun. The guys who are like in tune with... with Manchester City. Uh, the guys like that who would actually know what's going on, like for whatever... Whatever comments you make about The Sun, Martin Blackburn does actually have an in there and knows what's going on. He's not being fed crap. Or maybe he is, but it's reliable crap. It's crap from reliable sources. Mm-hmm. But um, the, it pretty much came in every single paper that um, basically outlining the city's upcoming. Well, the, the only word you can use is clear out because the um, Guardian. You're talking about a minimum one fifty million pounds to spend before wages. Um, uh, two, I think. It, let me let me find the the, the Telegraph article because they had sort of the best best you know, breakdown, the most solid breakdown of everything. And I and I think that when you're when you're talking about like what when you're talking about what you need, like look, Stones needs somebody aside, like the, he needs a Benucci. We could use that name, you know, that name was in there. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. I know they're going to make another run at him. Um, and uh, and, uh, you know, like a Bernardo Silva, <laughs> that 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 could be needed at left back, right back. 
you know those types of fullbacks, uh, specifically players from Monaco, I'd take half that team, um, like you said. All right, let's see here. Yeah, this is this is the Telegraph. Um, uh, uh, there's seven players out of contract, um, plus another couple entering the last year of their... Who are the seven players out of contract? Um, Gail Clichy, Yaya Torre, Pablo Zavaleta, Bakri Sanya, Jesus Navas, see Willie Caballero. Can't say see you enough. And they are counting Tosin Adarabio as one of the seven players out of contract. Uh, Appar- appar- yeah, yeah they apparently, I don't really know what's going on there, but he's uh, six first-team players out of contract. Fernando and Alex Kolarov entering the last 12 months of their contracts. Um, uh, so this is from James Ducker at The Telegraph. Um, He's notorious for being wrong about everything when it comes to Manchester City, but go on. But, yeah, I'm reading it because it matches up with the information that's yeah, reported elsewhere. Um, up, up to seven new recruits, there are doubts over the futures of as many as 19 players in the current squad. The big takeaway from this was that Vincent Company has been fit for three and a half weeks, did not feature against Monaco, City career probably over. Um... Is Ducker says they want to replace company, possibly another central defender as well, plus two fullbacks, goalkeeper, midfielder, forward. So is Pep just not playing him to keep him healthy so he has a chance to sign I don't on really him? know. I, you know or is it's, Pep just not playing him? Because Vinny's a really good center back. Yeah. Um, look, and he can play the way Guardiola wants him to play. That's what yeah. Belgium does. Um. Sergio Aguero's representatives were at the Monaco game. City insists he's staying, are optimistic that he will. This is from the mail. But the relationship between player and manager has appeared strained. Um, City City have Aguero under contract until 2021, so he's staying whether he wants to or not. Um, Via the mirror, um, Vincent Company will be leaving this summer. Bakary Sanya will be leaving this, likely to leave this summer, as will Gail Clichy and Pablo Zabaleta. Um, I would, I would, I would be okay with Bakary Sanya being signed be willing, on a yeah, one contract I would be at a minimum him to hold him over. Um, yeah, because I feel like Sanya is an ageless wonder. He doesn't tire. He doesn't offer a ton going forward, but he's a solid defender, and you can use him centrally if you need. Yeah. As for incomings, Pep is focusing on defense. Ederson, the goalkeeper at Benfica, is the number one target at goalkeeper. Kyle Walker, Danny Rose, we've been hearing those names for months. They were in pretty much every brief again. Imerick Laporta, again. Um... Uh, uh, someone else. Joshua Kimmich from Bayern. Um, I would be okay with Kimmich. I'm not sure. Who, yeah, that's going to be a tough one because you don't figure Bayern will want to sell. I don't know about that. Kimmich has been injured quite a bit, and um, Bayern have a rather congested midfield. And I don't know how they're going to get. I don't know, man. I I could see I could see Bayern parting with Kimmich, like. Mm-hmm. Because they just bring somebody in who has more class and is further developed. Yeah, that makes it makes sense. Plus, they just signed Renato Sanchez last. Yeah, exactly, year. And, and Renato Sanchez, even though he's been used primarily as a winger, is a midfielder. Yes, yeah. Um, 
So Kimmich, um, I mentioned Danny Rose, I mentioned uh, Walker, uh, Fabinho from Monaco. Uh, I've already he... talked to his representatives, apparently. Okay, thank God. Um, so he can play in midfield and at right back, which would be perfect. Um, yeah, as which, well is, as... Uh, which is exactly what Guardiola wants, somebody who can drift in naturally play that midfield spot from mm-hmm. the right back or left back position. As well as um, Alexis Sanchez at Arsenal, which is completely predictable. Yeah, because I think that he would be happy to get Sanchez, and I'm starting to think that Aguero is the replaceable one, and that Sanchez would take Aguero's spot as a Lionel Messi type. Yeah, I think they can find places for for these guys. Obviously, they'll have Gabriel Jesus again like next year as well, so that that would be go a long way. Yeah, but the problem is, if you have Gabriel Jesus, where do you play? Alexi Sanchez. No, I get it. Yeah, no. Find a spot for him. You're kind of putting in a a, a big, big um, logjam up there. Well, um, more importantly, you're upsetting. You're upsetting someone. Who are you upsetting? Are you going to upset David Silva? Are you going to upset Kevin De Bruyne? I've listened to Sanchez over De Bruyne. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, I, in fact, I would be okay with De Bruyne being a sub. I don't think he's fully developed yet. Well, he's what twenty six. The thing yeah, about the, the amount of about De Bruyne sad lately is yeah. is is, is got to be concerning. To I'm Kevin. not sure what that is. It, it's the thing about De Bruyne is he still seems to play better without Silva. Because they're space. They're the they're the they're the same. Well, not the same player, but they're the same space. Spatial, spatial players. Spatial eaters. Yeah, uh, they're they're both competing for the same area of the pitch, which makes it really difficult for them to, you know. And they've they they both guys like to drift to the left or the right, yeah. and if you tell one of them you can only occupy this half of the pitch, it takes away half their creativity. Right. Like, oh, here's my here here's as as me and my wife call it, we have a line in our bed that we refer to as the the Federation neutral zone. She's a she's a Star Trek geek, mm-hmm. but it's really the line which we put down the middle that the animals can lay in, <laughs> and we can still have our side of the bed. Uh, but there's like a Federation neutral zone for city where they they, they just you can't cross over that line. You need to pass to to Silva at that line and or Silva has to pass the De Bruyne at that line and I just I don't think Silva and De Bruyne in the same lineup works when they're playing both up yeah I get that if De De Bruyne drops into a deep line playmaker I'm okay with that almost like a Tony Kroos type role Mm mm-hmm no, yeah, I could see that. I would be not awful with that. Um, but I yeah, I, I think I think well, it's like I said. I think you can play. Um, I think you can play De Bruyne in a midfield three as long as you have two other actual midfielders there to pick up the pace or pick up the slack. Um, so uh, the other thing from that from the mirror is that uh, Otamendi and Kolarov are apparently safe, which is I don't know why, but I guess. I guess because you can't sell literally everyone. <laughs> yeah. That that seems to be the saving grace. Well, actually, that was the theory last year. We're going to find out if that's the case this year. Because if they're briefing, 
as many as 19 players, like, that's that's everyone. Like, that's letting some of the yeah. reserve squad go. Yeah, it is. Um, so, you know, be, that's, I think this is long overdue if this is as Remember when problem. Manchester City signed Kelechi and Nacho to a new deal? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, that'll be interesting. So Why why did they not consult Guardiola about that? Like, Guardiola... I don't know. Maybe. maybe something changed. I don't know. I really don't know. If um, something changed that fast, then I'm going to begin to wonder about Guardiola. Like, maybe there's some truth to Zlatan Ibrahimovic and his... That dude is... He likes you one minute and then hates you the next. Like... Maybe there's an element of truth to that because he and Joe Hart never got on. We had that exclusive, and uh, yeah, well, it's it's. I still can't believe we got that. That was a pleasant. That was yeah, a pleasant. Yeah. That was a pleasant scoop. By the way, best wishes to Ian Cheeseman, who has been apparently been ill and is just getting back to his duties. So yes, indeed, best wishes all, all to the best. The all the best to Ian Cheeseman, Sir Ian Cheeseman, in it. Sir Ian. Um, so we got a lot of questions both is he a sir is he a knight no he should be okay well well, I'm going with it but okay Okay. CBE we got a lot of questions both before before and after so we can finish this out Um, alright this one came after from Fred Vaughn Jeopardy champion Fred Vaughn um did defense become a summer priority after Monaco or what? He was like, I, oh, think, yeah. I think it was before, too. Oh, yeah, I think it was before. I think, I, Mon- think, yeah. I think Monaco just sort of highlighted what a problem it is. Yep. Um, so. Monaco tells you how far you have to go at the European level to even be competitive. That's what that's what Monaco told you. It told the Manchester City executives that right now they are behind Monaco in terms of both talent development and European development. Yep. Um, Lutho Ben, we kind of talked to this. Are Manchester City improving? Do they fight for the shirt? Do you guys see us buying players or pushing the youth in? Well, definitely buying players now. I don't. I honestly haven't seen Pep Pep adapt to any of the youth which is somewhat stunning to me yeah i know we had this conversation it's like are we uh, maybe they're not as far along as we thought they were um as for improving some players have improved some players haven't um it's 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 it go, it comes and goes i guess like we've yeah. seen sonny and sterling have definitely i would say improved although mm-hmm. they still have their games right. um I think De Bruyne's regressed. De Bruyne's regressed a little bit. Um, it, although, yeah, I it's Silva. Silva comes and goes, but he's um, always came and gone. Yeah, so I think that's kind of on par. Um, but usually it was because think, he had those little niggles. It yeah. wasn't because he came. And this has surprisingly been a healthy season for him. Yeah, it has. Um, so I think it, it depends on the players. Um, Chris underscore MCFC, uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on Enos Unal, the Turkish striker. If you think I would like shot. to hear anybody's thoughts on Enos Unal because apparently <laughs> during the summer tour, I mean, I think everyone will get a shot during the summer tour, but I just kind of now starting to subscribe to the notion that these guys just aren't as close as we thought they were. Yeah, I just don't think Pep thinks our youth system is up to what he wants, and I think that a lot of the players City are going to end up buying are going to be. Guys, that are, I think what what Guardiola is doing 
is 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 trying something different now where he'd normally go to a club that had a loaded academy like a Bayern, like a Barca, so on and so forth, because Bayern pretty much gets any top German they want, and there are a lot of top Germans. Right. Uh, you uh you you see Guardiola coming in and saying, I'm gonna buy Sane, I'm gonna buy Stones, I'm gonna buy Sterling. All these guys are what you would call soccer tweens. Um mm-hmm. They're guys that are barely out of the youth development, you know, barely out of the... Not to mention Laporta, who they wanted. Yeah. He's also very young. Very young. Yeah, and I think that's what Guardiola's doing, is he's buying guys that are insanely young that he can leave with City. Like, City are going to get the best years out of world-class talent instead of, you know... across the pitch, he is going to do what Pellegrini did not, which is put world-class players at every position on the pitch. Or he is going to attempt to. Yeah. Or die trying. Um, Yeah, fire trying. (laughs) Marcus4335, Patrick Roberts, is he ready to come in and replace Navas? Oh, absolutely. I think Patrick Roberts is is in the team next year. Makes sense, doesn't it? It would be, you know, then they could sell Delph and not lose the English quota. Yep. Makes all the sense. Then on top of that, he's actually a damn good player, yeah. and Guardiola has seen what he can do firsthand. I think, I think we have enough in attack that we can put Roberts in the Navas role as sort of a bit part spot player who can definitely come in and do the job. I think so, yeah. Um, that would make all the sense in the world to me, so we'll see. Um, Jay Siegley, Siegley, I've... You, I don't know how to pronounce your name. I'm sorry, but yeah, hi. Um, Siegley. I think I think I thought we pronounced it right the I, first time. I've been doing it Siegley. I'm gonna stick yeah, to it unless yeah, I'm told. Yeah, he said, said he said he said that was right. Yeah. Good. Well, good for he me. He got us a tweet and said good you got me. it right. All right, Jay Siegley. Then glad <laughs> we got that right. I've uh, never been great with names. If you could add any one player to the squad this summer, who would it be and why? Benucci. Um, who's that? Benucci. Yeah. Um. Yeah, if we're going unrealistic, I would say someone like PK. Because... Ooh, are, are we going unrealistic? Because I don't think Benucci is unrealistic. No, I don't think Benucci is unrealistic. I think PK is unrealistic. So I'm just okay. Uh, I'll, I'll agree right. with you on either count. Okay, so unrealistic player. <clears throat> David Alaba. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, it would definitely have to be a defender, which is why I said PK. Um, all about. I want, I want one of those multi-talented like and multi-faceted defenders. You I know? like that one a lot. Yeah, that's why I want Fabinho. Because mm, he, exactly. he's a similar he's, mold. He's, he's a poor man's Alaba on the right hand side, basically. Oh, um, no, man. he didn't look too poor. <laughs> it's, it's more of a comment on how good Alaba is than anything else. Um, if we're being unrealistic, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I would love People to love- have. I would love to have Paulo Dibble, uh, however you pronounce that, from Juventus, uh, leading the line. But, yeah. But I, it's I not, think I, it's here's, not a, here's it's the not problem, a need, though. and we have Gabriel Jesus, so I'm just sort of pie in the sky. Here's the problem with Dybala, though. I don't know that he fits the mold of what Guardiola wants. Juventus does not play Guardiola ball, and he plays for Argentina, so he's going to play the same way Aguero does. 
with his national team, and and <laughs> we've seen what Guardiola thinks of Aguero. Dybala also works really hard, though. So Dybala might, does work really might hard. Give so him I'll an give extra leg up. So, but, but I don't know if his playing style is suited to what I think. It's more like that. Guardiola likes that Brazilian all over the place. No, like, I understand. Yeah, interchanging understand. total football. That's the way he was brought up. Guys who could swap in and out. Yeah, I understand completely. It's more of, I really in love with this player right now, and I would love to have him on this team. That's really all it is. I gotcha. I would... Juventus has a lot of players I'd like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd like to have Miralem Pjanic. I was about to say, there's somebody maybe should look at this summer. I'd like, I'd like Pjanic. I'd like to have... Hmm. Well, Benucci, already you know, you, you know who City could probably get cheap now. He's mm-hmm. kind of fallen out of favor. Is mm-hmm. Kershaw? Oh yeah, yeah. He would need some. He would need some work, but I think that would be a step in the right direction. Yeah, but I think he has the ability to do yeah, it. I think he can do it. Yeah. All right. Well. No, we spent a lot of time on that one. It's amazing what happens when you give people the ability to to think about what they want. Mm-hmm. Do you even want to discuss Liverpool? Um, I wonder we're gonna get boned, right? Uh, I'll be the optimist again. We're gonna. Uh, don't, don't, just don't. <laughs> why, why? This is this is the part that this is this is what what originally made us work so well together is that we're not optimists we're oh, realists but I'm going we're, to play off it uh, 3-1 yeah Liverpool <laughs> I'm expecting a response you I know don't what? entirely believe this myself but I'm going with it you know what though it would be the most city thing in the world to it do would, though, wouldn't to, it? To it, it would wouldn't it hammer Liverpool it would, it? just put their foot down on Liverpool and just press. Yep. At least it's uh, the home game. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I see like that it could be okay. Like yep. maybe a draw. I'm sticking with the like a two like a two two draw. Sticking like the like Tottenham basically. I'm sticking with my 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 optimism because I just feel I'm in a good mood today. I don't know why so. City are the beneficiaries of that. Yellow. <laughs> anyway, um, that's all I got. Yeah. That was a big time podcast, so. That really was, actually. Was Where were we at? Hour and ten minutes? That's uh, a. Hour and five, hour ten? Good stuff. That's impressive. So, um, yeah, good stuff. Um,. Okay, all right, let's let's try this. What not personnel because we've given up on doing that. We've been beaten into the ground so many times trying to guess personnel changes that we just stopped. But what type of changes do you think Guardiola will make from the last Liverpool game that you think would be self-evident? Um like what what happened Last time that you think Guardiola would say, "Okay, I can I can see a fix to that by doing this." That doesn't mean they won't beat City another way. I'm just what what fixes could he make from the last outing? Well, they didn't have Sané last time, and Bravo was still in the goal. 
so already an improvement. Makes it easier. Um, yeah, I uh, put Tori in for De Bruyne. Um, I against like, Liverpool. I don't want to. I, I, it's the same thing is going to happen again if he doesn't. I don't think there's a good solution. Ben De Bruyne hasn't looked great lately, so. Fair enough. All right. So what do you do with Fernandinho? Move him up into an attacking midfielder and have Torre play your center defensive mid? Play like um, a deep, like a deep lying playmaker. Something like that. All right. Fair enough. It, it just adds the extra body in midfield that they didn't have in the first half. Um, and then I guess I don't. What, really... what formation did they go with against them? Did they go four three three or did they go four five one? Um, it was kind of a 4-5-1. They had Aguero up front, Silva, De Bruyne, Sterling, and then Fernandinho and Torre starting, and then the back four was Colorado, Otamendi, Stones, and Zabaleta with Bravo and goal. Hmm. Yeah. Alright. I'm not, I'm not really sure. What you do to improve that. I, I don't even care about the back four at this point. Just throw some, <laughs> Just get to the end of the damn throw, season. Throw some people in there and hope that they don't, just, just get, they don't get, mess get... it up. <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. I already dropped one earlier on uh, this podcast. Yeah. That's that's two. I, I don't. You know what though? Anymore. I don't. I don't find that two f bombs after a Monaco game is really. That's. I feel like we did well. Yeah, we did. I I, I let myself slip like Stevie G, so it happens. Uh. Um, all right, Laz. Yeah, three one city based on absolutely nothing. All right, yeah. 3-1 Liverpool based right. on the fact that... Based on everything. <laughs> All right, yeah, um, well, we'll be back after that game to dissect the carnage, as it were. Um, one way or the next. One way or the next. Hopefully um, it's the one way, but I have a feeling it'll be the next. We are, we are actually rooting for City, just to be clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... But that is all we have for, for this one. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you don't follow us on Twitter, we are at America Citizens. Um, if you can subscribe to us on iTunes as well, just search the name of the podcast. You can find us there. We are, as ever, sponsored by Blog Talk Radio. And um, we'll be back after the Liverpool game. So have a good weekend, everybody. Enjoy those games. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll Ciao.